Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good evening and uh, welcome to the hashtag Rugby Chat brought to you by New Zealand Sports Radio. Well, this evening we've got a couple of very, very special guests. Well, one is trying to get to us at this point in time, but I'll introduce you to our guest who is on line at this time. He's a, a former top broadcaster. He started in urban radio. He was with uh, Radio Live. He's a current uh, minister or MP with the uh, Labour government at this time. He's the Minister of Employment, the Honourable Willie Jackson MP. And he's uh, listening on the other line. We can't see him, but um, hopefully you can hear him. Kia ora, Willie. Good evening. Yeah, kia ora. Kia ora, Steve. I can see you guys, but you can't see me, eh? Oh, well, that's probably a good thing. <laughs> oh, Willie. Well, it's, it's fantastic to have you have you on. It brings back a, a few memories uh, from the the old day radio Watia, uh, back in the day when we used to have uh, we used to basically hog the air, talking about rugby. And uh, of course, uh, for a lot of us, we're probably missing our code at this time. And uh, all we can do is is pretty pretty much reminisce about the game. And that's all you've uh, been doing since lockdown and I see that you uh, put together your own all black team but listen first of all how has lockdown been for you? Uh, we, we're pretty busy actually I have <coughs> excuse me <coughs> the rugby stuff was uh, something I was doing on a Sunday night but uh, daily it's uh, a pretty uh, we're pretty busy because we, we do all these zoom calls and uh, we're trying to work out New Zealand uh, you know where we're going to be in the uh, in the next few days, next few weeks, next few years. I mean, we've, we're going through something we've never ever, uh, we never ever thought we would contemplate, uh, Steve. You know, it's a once in a hundred years uh, crisis, so uh, it's been pretty full on. But uh, with the old sport, though, it's always a bit great for a bit of relaxation. So that's what um, the uh, rugby team was about. It was more, uh, uh, I sort of reminisced back. I was reading, uh, reading about great rugby teams and, you know, as you know, I put a lot of uh, time into rugby and uh, worked on. It was actually old at all radio when when we first uh, started doing our talkback, and uh, uh, and then carried on on Watia, which I ended up setting up. And uh, then I did um, ten years on Radio Live, seven years with uh, John Tumahiri. So, and of course, John and I always talk 
we talk sport all the time. He didn't know a lot about rugby, but like Mark Watson. But, uh, <laughs> um, uh, but you know, so so I, um, uh, you know, I, I sort of reminisced about my my uh, greatest All Black team. You know, rugby being such a a passion for myself and most New Zealanders. Willie, just before we get into the team, tell, tell us about your your own journey and your and your your sort of first memories of you know what made you get into uh, rugby. Oh, it's funny that, isn't it? I I, I think um, I was about ten years uh, of age, nine years of age. I'm, I'm getting old. I'm getting old, Steve. Turned fifty uh, nine the other day, so you know we, we're getting on, you know, and I'm getting on. And so I think I got into the rugby um, nineteen seventy, and and believe it or not, I was watching the All Blacks in South Africa, and of course we all fell in love with Brian Williams, you know, and what what a player to. Uh, to have watched the 1970 magnificent sidestep, brilliant runner, and uh, that's when I was captured by the All Blacks 1970, and uh, I suppose been an avid follower since. I was a bit of a madman in terms of um, uh, following the rugby, you know, particularly between 1970 and about 1985. I could have named most All Black teams, winning quizzes, and a bit like yourself, Steve. You know, you, you could name the All Black team from fullback to, to hooker. Uh, maybe I could do that between 1970 and 1980, but I couldn't tell you the last uh, five All Black teams that went out on the paddock. <laughs> you know, that's, that's age and all that, but it, it's uh, been a huge passion for me. Uh, the old man was a great rugby follower. Uh, my grandfather was an All Black, 1937 All Black, played against the Springboks and Danny Craven. And uh, and so as I got older and worked in different areas, um, in my 20s I became a sports reporter and did that for a number of years, you know, it was a sideline job that grew and grew and grew, and, uh, you know, it's just, uh, once you've got the passion, you can never lose it, can you, can you Steve? Oh, absolutely, it's, when, when it's in your blood, it, it really is a hard thing to leave you, and, you know, it's it's probably a good segue, we've, we've all got our favourite All Black teams or players that we've, we've liked over, years, over the years, you, you spoke about uh, your journey. Well, my first, uh, my first love was a guy called uh, uh, called Sid Going. I, I just thought he was the the bee's knees, and of course we saw we saw BGs as well. And uh, it's a, like I say, it's a good way to to look at that uh, All Black team that you've picked. I'll get Paul to to post it at, at the moment. But I suppose the best place to start is is at fullback. Um, you know, we're an area that we're absolutely spoiled. For choices, but uh, I think your your choice, Christian Cullen, you'd, you'd prob- we'd probably all agree, he's uh, definitely one of the greatest runners we've ever seen. You know, he was a freak runner, wasn't he? A phenomenal runner. He wasn't really my favourite, to tell you the truth, because I, I never th- ever thought he had the complete game, you know. Uh, and uh, but who who does sometimes? Uh, but but there were one or two who were pretty close. You know, Glenn Osborne was uh, was my favourite, and night in the 95 World Cup, he was fabulous, really. And, you know, if you, you want to go through the years, uh, we, we did have some uh, classy fullbacks. I mean, Jeff Wilson was a consummate fullback, as you know, Steve. You know, be honest, both Oz, both, both Oz and Jeff Wilson, you'd have to say, were better all-round fullbacks than Cullen. Um, also, um, uh, you know, Smith uh, um, recently has been a brilliant fullback, but he's equally been equally good on the wing, you know, he played as many games on the wing as he did at fullback, but, uh, so, you know, there were more complete, more consummate fullbacks back in the 70s, you had guys like Bevan Wilson and that, Richard Wilson, uh, all, cla- all, all classy fullbacks, 
but you'd have to say, Steve, nobody has the running ability of this, uh, had the running ability of Cullen. It was, uh, it was unbelievable to watch, wasn't it? And uh, on sheer running ability alone, he could win games for us, and uh, that's why I think in the end I had to put him at fullback. Yeah, I, I think I had to agree agree with you because I was chatting to you before we went to air. I'm a real Ben Smith fan. I just like the fact that he doesn't like a lot of us make a lot of mistakes. He does most things well on a uh, on a on a full field, but uh, isn't at the end of the day? I think you can't go past Christian Cullen because I think he pretty much ignited an era in the. And of course, speaking of igniting an era, when we're, when we're looking at our wings, you went for Jonah Lomu and John Kerwin. Well, these two, they pretty much pick themselves, don't they, Willie? Yeah, well, anybody who doesn't pick Jonah, you've got to look at them sideways because, <laughs> uh, um, you know, what, what a freak. What a freak. And uh, we never saw anyone like him. I never, you know, you never really thought you'd see anybody more uh, powerful and who could step, uh, uh, you know, just as well, even better than Brian Williams. But then this kid came along and uh, um, just just freakish. And uh, the most uh, exceptional runner, I think, the world's ever seen. And I think the only one who who could compare to him would have been Rupini from Fiji there, uh, um, uh, Steve, uh, who, uh, you know, if you went for the two best wingers uh, of all time, I think you'd probably go Jonah and Rupini, uh, Obviously, Rupini can't be picked in the All Blacks, but well, wasn't he? Wasn't he a freak? Oh my God! It's like from another world, Rupini, you know. And oh. uh, the, the way he used to glide and swerve, uh, but obviously not in the All Blacks. But Jay Kane, man, you had to give it to him. Uh, I never thought he was that good, but he was phenomenal. You know, he had a, a determination and a power. He had it all, really. And uh, and why I went for him uh, over Brian Williams is that J.K. did it year after year after year, Steve. Uh, and uh, similar to Jonah, I mean, when Jonah was sick, he might have had one or two off years, but he still was great in 95, 96, 97. I think he was crook in 98 and time off, and uh, um, and then he came back in 99, you know. And uh, but JK was doing it all, you know, in terms of uh, in terms of the 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 All Blacks, and um, when he, when he first started, year after year, he was uh, turning it on. So. You know, for consistency, power, determination, I think John Kewen deserved it uh, a little bit ahead of Brian Williams. And then there were great wingers like Stewie Wilson and Bernie Fraser. I mean, geez, they were, they were champions, weren't they? And you oh. had the Fijians, Joe and Sivvy, and my son's favourite was Dougie Howlett. I never thought Dougie was as good as he, these guys for, for pure speed. He was a great speed merchant, but I think, he, you know, all these other guys like um, Sivvy and Joe and and Jonah and JK, they 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 are BG. They all had more. Even guys like Terry Wright in that, um, uh, Steve. You know, they, mm-hmm. they they had it all. But uh, I mean, you couldn't go past those two powerhouses on the wing. Oh, and listen, I find myself agreeing with you, Willie. I know Jonah had his critics, a number of people who would say to me, "Oh, he can't turn around and he can't do this." But you know, when you think of the the illness that he had and his story, um, I think it makes it even more amazing. Oh, without doubt, without yeah. doubt. I mean, but, we didn't know, know how sick he was. It's incredible, really. And um, we moved to the midfield, and and I've always thought when you're when you're picking an All Black team, the midfield to me is the hardest. There's there's so many options. You've you've got you've got the likes of Joe Stanley. I mean to say, to me, you you also had the Prince of uh, 
centres uh, and, and Bruce Robertson. I, I thought he was an amazing centre. Conrad Smith in recent times. Ma Nonu. Bill Osborne was was another good midfielder. Joe Morgan in, in South Africa. But the two that you've you've gone with is is Frank Bunce and uh, and of course uh, a lot of people wouldn't have heard of Stephen Pokere. But who could ever um, forget? Was it that, that 77 or 83? Lions tour where he announced himself to the world playing for Southland against the, the British Lions. Might have been 77, Wally? 77, I think. Uh, when he we, when he came in, I think it was 17, wasn't he? 17 playing oh. against uh, the, um, the the British Lions. You know, the just the most beautiful uh, player, wasn't he? At second five, first five centre. Uh, you know, total class. And I think we forget that he was the most brilliant um, uh, back of the... Uh, of the 80s, of the of the first five years of the 80s, he was probably the most brilliant all-black back. You know, he's a magnificent uh, um, uh, a player. Yeah, I'm talking about all-round brilliance. You know, he, he had the flair and everything. Bruce Robinson, you you talked about, of course, was uh, um, is one of the greats. You know, if you if you wanted to, if you wanted a a great midfield, you couldn't go much past a, a sort of you needed a powerhouse. So you'd chuck Bill Osborne in at second five, wouldn't you? And then you'd have uh, Bruce Robinson outside him. That, that's the way you'd do it. Because, I, I, you know, you know this, Steve. You don't run two powerhouses together. Uh, you can, and it can come off, but it's the, the perfect combination is always a uh, a silky sort of player and a powerhouse at centre. That's why Walter Little and Frank Bunce were a magnificent combination and the best midfield in the world. And so Walter went, would have gone very close to my uh, second 5-8, but... Stephen Porkett, he was such a beautiful player, and I think he, um, you know, he's not in a lot of people's uh, uh, reckonings because, let's be frank, he got himself into a lot of trouble, um, Steve. You know, mm-hmm. we, I think he went to jail for fraud or something. So, so we, we can talk about things, frankly, on uh, with you and on this uh, at this time. And, you know, that always taints uh, people's views. I think when it, I think Porkett went inside for a couple of years, you know, mm-hmm. but I don't look at that. You know, if you look at that, you'll, you'll never look at people like, Keith Murdoch, or um, you know, like, like I looked at his ability on on the field, and uh, um, and on the field, Pukiri was uh, untouchable. Just one of the most beautiful players I'd ever uh, seen. So I give him that second five eight spot, just ahead of uh, guys like Walter Little and uh, Bill Osborne. And I tell you, another guy was uh, Johnny Schuster was a was a stunning player for me. And I know everyone talks about Ma Nonu, and he's also one of my favourites too. But, um, you know, there's a, there's a few of them. And uh, Ma took, as you know, Ma took quite a while to adjust to uh, second five. You know, he had a, his first few years, he was hit and miss, and then he became the best second five in the world. But I, I couldn't run Ma and Frank together. Um, mm. uh, and so that's why I've gone for Stephen Porkett. And it seems I just think Frank was magnificent. I think there wasn't much between him and Joe Stanley. Very similar powerhouse centres. Uh, um, they never let you down, would they, Steve? You know, when we had Joe there and when we had Frank there, who, who, ever, who will ever forget those two centres? And I know people like Conrad Smith, but I, I always felt Conrad was a little bit overrated. Um, fine centre that he is, but I think, uh, you know, uh, he, you know, people select what's in front of them. And so um, Conrad, must have, he must have played 80 or 100 tests. You know, just remember, these were the days... When they're playing 10, 15 tests a year, you've got to match that against uh, great players like Bruce Robinson and that, who are playing maybe four or five. J.B. Smith, one of the greatest centres the world uh, the world ever saw, only played 12 or 13 tests. And, and so there's a huge advantage that 
these players have today uh, against some of the great players. I know Frank though played over 50 tests, and he was great because he came in at age two for the All Blacks, never let the All Blacks down, a powerhouse. And, uh, you know, my favourite, equally, guys like Chris Robinson were great, and, and Conrad, and Joe, and I mean, you know, it's wonderful, but I can't go back and through with guys like Johnny your father and, your, and all our relationships around Auckland, that's where I like J.B. Smith, wouldn't they say that? The stories I heard about J.B. Smith of the past, I mean, he was pretty amazing. I know talking to my my own dad, he thought he was an absolutely amazing player. We'll just have a little quick break. If you're listening or tuning in, we are in the hashtag rugby chat brought to you by New Zealand Sport Radio. We're talking to uh, uh, Labour Minister and MP Willie Jackson, but we've also got, hopefully, Mark Watson going to join us shortly, hopefully. We, I can see his, uh, his beautiful face there. Hopefully we can hear you, Mark, in the background. No, we still, we still can Hopefully, hopefully we'll, be, we'll hear him shortly, but we're working our way through the All Black team now. Just, if you have joined New Zealand Sport Radio, just remember on a Wednesday night, do you know sport? Evening, he hosts the show. So if you've got a team, jump on that New Zealand If you've got a, a question for our guests, hopefully we can hear Mark shortly. Make sure you uh, hit the like page and uh, ask a question, especially if you disagree with us. We're going along nicely with our team. We're almost at the uh, halfway point of uh, Willie's uh, All Black team. Mark, can you hear me? There? Uh, we, 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 can, we, can, we can see you. Times like this, we need somebody who can do a, a sign language. I'll keep getting along. We've also got some wonderful interviews with Cameron Bell, the Northern CEO. But we'll keep moving along with this all black team. We head to first slide. Daniel Carter, Willie Jackson, if you're listening, quite an easy selection, really, at the end of the day. So, you, so let's get this. You can hear me, but I can't see me. You can see what I can't hear him. Is that where we're at? Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit like... I, I think I can uh, remember a Richard Pryor movie where there was a deaf man. It was uh, Richard Pryor and uh, the late Waller. It's a little bit like that at the moment, Willie. Okay. But, um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a good Mark. Mark, yeah. that's good because I'm probably irritating him and he can't. <laughs> Listening and good luck to you. I uh, um, it's a shame you're not back on the air, mate. Because uh, I'll say this to the radio. But you didn't ask the year or year or so, and uh, you want to. Everybody's going to be pretty good. You need a few bad boys. He just got a bit too bad, I think. What? <laughs> because there's a few people living rent free. He's living rent free in their mind at the minute. I think that's what it is. I love his uh, what I call what I was So it's good to have you on. Hopefully we can get that sound sorted out. But uh, just going to our halves again. Um, Daniel yeah. Carter. Well, that's the only other person I can think of that comes into the conversation is probably Grant Fox. Oh yeah, no, Fox. He was. Uh, you know, you know, I like Fox too, as a bloke. You know, I would see him around even, uh, you know, and he's a big national party man. Steve. So, you know, uh, funny thing, Foxy and a few of the boys um, needs for a funeral. So, 
he lost, you know, they're all bloody national party boys, but uh, they're good guys, good guys, and good, good bloke, right? Good, good, good bloke on Foxy. You know, let's be frank, you know, he, he, he not the biggest Carter, you know, but he, in terms of guts, in terms of courage, he's Foxy. He's no doubt about that. Yeah. Very, very, uh, I was sort of thinking here at Russia, and uh, they told me when Foxy, uh, uh, when they sort of, you know, um, I suppose towering part of thing, Pacific kind of thing, in terms of how they played their footy league, and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and Bunsy said, oh, but uh, footballers, they got that boring, you know, kick the ball and all that, and Foxy was going bloody Polynesians, run run the ball from everywhere, eh? You know, that was the story at North Harbour, Steve, you know, run the mm. ball from their own line, and uh, and Bunsy said they didn't like Foxy much, but when they were in South Africa in 92, uh, where he says in the box were hammering them on the line, there was only one bloke uh, who, who had the nerves, and he said, it, Frank said it wasn't him or Walter Little, it was Grant Fox. And Foxy said, he said Foxy would bail them out. He just said, give me the bloody ball. And then, because, you know, Frank and Walter were wanting to, and Oz would be wanting to run the bloody ball from their own line. And Bunsy said to me then, he had a newfound sort of uh, um, respect for Grant Fox. So that's the sort of bloke Foxy was. Gutsy, <laughs> courageous, big. You know, beautiful tactical kicker. So, I'm, if I'm being a bit too critical, I'm probably talking about his attacking game, which was was which was not not good enough. But as a tactician, as good as you see, and the man to kick the goals. But in terms of consummate, there was only one, and that's Daniel Carter. And this bloke, uh, Stephen Jones, I think he's just been an idiot isn't he, in the last uh, few few yeah. weeks. Uh, not even not even rating a guy like um, uh, uh, not even rating a guy like uh, Daniel Carter. You know, consummate, brilliant, nerve, and by all means, a good guy. Uh, a good guy. I was a Carlos Spencer fan. I loved Carlos' style, his Maori flair, and and he and he was great for the Blues and great for Auckland. You know, um, but Carlos never had the consistency that Carter had. Right, Steve? You, you and I both know that. Yeah. He, he, but man, he'll bring he'll bring the game to you, and he'll bring you bring you some excitement. But oh. you know, you, you probably if you're in a big big situation. You wouldn't go past Carter, but uh, I'd always say Carlos would be pretty handy off the bench. Be- oh, yeah. pretty handy off the bench, uh, Steve. Oh, listen, there's there's nothing like the what, what do we call them, Willie? The flawed the flawed genius. And uh, yeah, look, look, I, I I put Carlos in in that bracket. You can you can probably throw somebody like a Norm Berryman in in that bracket as well. You know, they're just capable of the unbelievable things. Are any Ranger, but they're also capable of of, of sort of. Next to next next to madness and uh, a player who who basically did things that were really out of the ordinary was your was your halfback selection. Uh, 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 Sid going. What what made you go with Sid at the end, Willie? Well, I think Steve, you need to uh, look at your fucker papa and your own identity because you've let the Maori nation down, Steve. Betraying <laughs> uh, um, the great super Sid. I reckon your chipuna would would be looking at you sideways now. And uh, when I say Cheap enough just for people who might be listening out his ancestors because how you could not select Super Sid in your team, uh, Steve, is, is beyond me because as a kid, you know, I had a couple of heroes and one was Brian Williams and the other was Sid going and I loved his courage, though. I loved it. I loved his uh, ability, his power, his strength. He didn't have the greatest of passes, but he was a one-man wrecking machine and he was such a match winner. And so I'll always rate him above... Uh, Guys like um, Graham Bishop and uh, 
and Aaron Smith, who's been brilliant in, in recent years, and TJ Perinata, but uh, you'd have to say Aaron Smith was uh, what was the, the the number one with TJ number number two. But you know, uh, Sid was in the days where you know. Can you ever remember Aaron Smith having a punch-up? Sid would have a punch-up with the front <laughs> row from the line. The front row is from the spring box. And he'd go toe-to-toe. That's what Super Sid was all about. So a legend in my book. And uh, we're still looking at you, Steve, wondering what happened to you. <laughs> we, actually, something that was underrated about his game was his ability with the with the boot. I can remember him kicking a 50-metre a, a yeah. Fifty-meter penalty in a Rantilly Shield challenge uh, against Auckland at, at Eden Park. In fact, it was a, it might have even been a kick that that put them on the way to winning the Shield. But I, I also remember him kicking in South Africa as well, where they really couldn't find a goal kicker to save themselves. If you recall, that was in the tour in uh, 1976. That's right. That's right. Well, he was he was um, you know such an all-round player, and of course he was part of the Going Brothers. His other brother Ken was an All Black in '74. Steve, as you know. And, and it was the power of Sid because Ken was probably past his best at the end of 1974. Uh, but it's well known, uh, it was well known around the traps. They said to, uh, uh, they wanted Sid going because they dropped him earlier that year uh, for, for, in terms of the Australian tour. And they took away a guy called Bruce Gimmel and Ian Stevens, mm. I think, was the other halfback. And yeah. uh, they dropped Sid and then they brought him back for this uh, end of the year tour. But Sid said he wouldn't go unless Ken was selected. And uh, so they selected Ken, and Ken got three midweek games and became an All Black, but uh, and never became an All Black again. But, but Ken was a great player, but passed his best when he was selected for the All Blacks in '74. Mm-hmm. Well, it's taken us about 25 minutes to get through the through the backline, Willie. But I'm just going to go to Paul just to see if we've uh, had any comments uh, from Facebook, Paul. Oh yes, Cameron Pike thinks you're you're definitely on the money with most of these selections. But Graham Patterson um, says, "Hi guys, love it." What about Andrew Mertz, Justin Marshall, great players, Warwick Taylor, another one, regards GP. So what about those three guys? Oh, that's Graham Pearson, yeah, Willie. <laughs> he's a good man, Graham. I like Graham a lot, you know. Look, the Graham's a maniac, you know. He's a bit like he's <laughs> a maniac, you know. Wado's another maniac. We're all maniacs, mate, because uh, yeah. we follow this game and we, we can't help ourselves, you know. And Graham, I listen to him and I, I like Graham very much because he's, he sticks with his team. He's staunch as... And, and, and he likes, uh, he's not a Sam Kane fan, no. Who, who, who was he, uh, <laughs> Matt Todd? He was a Matt Todd fan. Very um, much so. Oh, no. But uh, look, both those guys are champions, right? Mertz, is, Mertz was a champ, no doubt about it. Brilliant runner. Tackle about as well as Steve Harris and, and Wado. <laughs> uh, but but, but uh, couldn't tackle to save himself. You know that, Graham. Uh, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> but, what, and, but, you know, he's an interesting bloke, uh, uh, Mertz, because I don't know if you knew this, Steve, but he. he he went to a Kohangareo when he was a kid. Did you know that? No, he, I did Yeah, yeah, yeah. We used them in Māori Language Week, believe it or not, about two years ago. And he, unbelievable, wasn't it? And uh, and he can pronounce the language, and uh, he, he's got a love of Te Reo Māori. So we've got a bit of a soft spot for old Mertz. But that oh. aside, uh, still he still can't make the head of, uh, the team ahead of um, uh, ahead of uh, our man Carter. But hey, Mertz would be up there if you were looking at your. Greatest five. Look, if you ranked your top five first five eights, uh, Steve, you'd go Mertens, uh, you'd go Carter one, probably Mertens two, Foxy three, and maybe Carlos four, something like that. You know, if I looked at my your top my top five five eights, Justin Marshall, great player, no doubt about it. You know, uh, great runner and uh, right up there. But you know, I don't think as good as Super Sid, and I don't think as good as Aaron Smith. Mm. 
you're tuning in, you're listening to the hashtag uh, Rugby Chat brought to you by New Zealand Sport Radio. We're talking with uh, uh, Labour MP Willie Jackson on his All Black team that he posted on the Facebook. Have a quick look on the uh, link on New Zealand uh, Sport Radio as we move into the forwards. We'll look at the loose forward trio because I think Willie once again it kind of picks itself. Zinzan Brook, Michael Jones, those two definitely in the conversation. But I see you've opted for maybe a buck shot at ahead of uh, of Zinzan Brook and Kieran Reid. Yeah, I, I know you're, you've got this love, love affair going with Kieran Reid. I don't know what's wrong with you, actually. Yeah. I know Grant, Grant Patterson must have got to you. Oh, don't get me wrong. Kieran Reid's a champion. And he, he's a champion. I, I don't mean to be disrespectful to him. He's a but again, you know, I just make the point that if you play, I don't know, what did Kieran play, 110 games for the All Blacks or 120 games or something like that, um, uh, you know, you know, and so you see them time after time after time. And I think it clouds our judgment a bit because, you know, I think, what did Buck play for the All Blacks, 29, 30 tests mm-hmm. or something? And, and But, you know, he, he never got, so, so, you know, a guy like Kieran played three or four times uh, more games than being bucked for the All Blacks. So, you know, we start hearing from guys like you and my old mate Phil Gifford, and Phil's, Phil knows his rugby backwards, and, and I think he sort of tried to say that Kieran was the best number eight. I don't agree. I th- think uh, a great, great number eight he is, no doubt about it, <clears throat> but I think Buck was powerful. Buck was an unbeaten captain. Buck, you could, you know, Buck would never let you down. I think what happened to him in 1990 was a disgrace. I don't think he was playing bad rugby at all. It was very clear that the Auckland mob <clears throat> wanted Zinzan as the All Black number eight, and you had to find a way to get Buck out. So they, they got him out. Oh, Foxy and Gary Wheaton and all that lot—they'll deny that forever and a day. Uh, but talk to Buck about it, you know. <laughs> and, so, and, and Buck will tell you something different. That doesn't mean to say Foxy had Foxy threw a few punches or something. Uh, as he said, Buck had cleaned him up any day, but. Don't tell me and others who were around at the time that there wasn't a huge, uh, there wasn't huge pressure put on uh, in terms of getting rid of Buck Shelford. And here's the thing: Zinni was great, but he wasn't playing better than Buck at the time. Um, and Zinni could have always gone to six, but they had AJ at six. And I think they got rid of Buck too early. So I thought Buck Shelford <coughs> was the, you know, he was the best I saw. Um, a little bit ahead of Zinni. Uh, Kieran Reid up there, but I, I don't think as good as uh, either of them. And I tell you, I was a bit of a Jerry Collins fan too, uh, um, uh, Steve, to tell you the, the truth. But uh, Buck's my selection, and I th- think you could put Zinni at number six, couldn't you? Because if you want to uh, look at... Uh, I mean, Zinni plays many games at number six as he did at number eight. And I loved his flair. I love, You know me, I love the Māori flair, Steve, where you forget your Māori side and uh, the Māori nation. I'm I'm uh, I'm still uh, uh, I'm a bloke who I just love that flair and so unlike others I want to see it in an all black side but balanced with uh, uh, w- w- you know with a few other guys uh, in between and but you know anybody who, who tries to tell me that Richie McCall was better than Michael Jones I'm sorry I, I disagree I thought Michael was a total phenomenon. Um, my goodness, Richie McCall is magnificent, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll give him that. He's a magnificent, you know, that, that form of his in 2011, playing with a broken foot. We wouldn't have won mm-hmm. that World Cup without Richie McCall, Steve. Oh, and uh, he's just magnificent. But Michael was, you know, in my days, I played club footy too, and uh, I was a Lucy, so, you know, Michael Jones comes along and you, 
you see a guy you want to be like. I mean, he was out of this world. Play like a centre, sidestep, uh, great defender. So he had he had to be seven with Richie going on the bench because um, uh, only because Michael just so magnificent. But Richie, fabulous too. But other greats like Graham Murray, Joshy Cronfield, they were great players. We've we've always had great sevens, mate. Kevin Everly, Kenny Stewart, <coughs> some great ones, Steve. That, that that three wouldn't let you down, and I will say, you don't see too many too many signs out there. Um, bring back Zinni or bring back Karen. You only see bring back Buck signs, and I, I think that that probably tells you the the esteem that he has had as the uh, the All Black captain. Interestingly, and we know how hard Michael Jones could tackle. I found I found that out very first time myself. We used to hang out uh, um, outside rugby and we decided to go and play league on an off day. And I thought, oh, really? Can this guy really tackle? He's, he's only he's only a schoolboy at Henderson High School. Believe you me, he can, can tackle. And um, we move along to our uh, our middle row. You decided to go with Brody Retallick that I, I definitely agree with. And you went with Andy Hayden, which was a, an interesting selection to me when you consider um, you've got the likes of uh, the great Colin Meads, Willie. Well, I never saw Tree at his best, you see. I mean, uh, he would be in my greatest all-black team. When I was uh, putting my team up, I said, well, these are the guys I saw. So I never really watched Colin. Colin was, so when I started watching rugby in 1970-71, Colin, Colin finished in 71. So... I just, I, I sort of did it on, <coughs> excuse me, I did it on the um, the best guys that I had seen. So that's why Tree didn't make my team. Otherwise, if you went on the greatest locks, you'd have to go with Colin Meads, wouldn't you? So, mm. so I was just doing, but I thought in terms of locks I had actually watched, you had to give it to Hayden. You know, he was so dominant in the 70s. Him and Paul Whiting, actually. You remember Paul Whiting, uh, mm. Steve? Though, I mean, we had the two best locks in the world. And, you know, Andy was a guy in 92. I was the reporter for the Māori team. And Colin Meads was the, um, was the manager. And, uh, and, and at the time, I was quite political because I said uh, only a Māori should be um, uh, managing this team. And, and Colin marched up to me at the first uh, team meeting and he goes, uh, Willie Jackson, I've, I've, I heard what you said. And I said, oh, yes, uh, yes, Mr Meads, I said. <laughs> and, then, and, he, and he said, so you think a Māori should be the manager? And I said, well, uh, yeah, well, I think I said that. Yes, Mr. Beads. And, and he goes, you know, I went to school with your mother. Because <laughs> 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 mum's from Tikawini, you see, Steve. So, yeah, and yeah. I says, oh, did you, Mr. Meads? And he goes, that's right. And he goes, and I know your grandfather, Barney, all right? So I'm sure we'll get to know each other on the trip. And I said, yes, Mr. Meads. And he goes, just call me Tree. You know, that's the sort of bloke he was. And, and I tell you what, he was a magnificent manager on that tour. And at the end of it, I... Uh, I got to know him well, and he sort of, uh, you know, I hate saying it. I don't like, you know, you know, I'm not like boasting, but he, he sort of said, well, we're mates now. You can drop it any time, and 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 it changed my view because I, you know, as I suppose young radical Maori political activist, I was down that track that only Maori should be managing Maori teams. He changed my mind. I just at the end of it, I thought actually, you just want the best person managing the team, <laughs> and. Uh, it was a bit of a political change for me because that Māori team would have gone off the road if it wasn't for the tree, uh, Steve. He, uh, that was a tour I might write about one day because it was, uh, I tell you, there were a few things went wrong on that trip. <laughs> well, we, well, we know the old adage, what goes on tour normally yeah. stays on, on on tour unless you decide to write a book later in life. Yeah. We'll, we'll move right along to the front row and man alive, it, 
we've we've had so many good front rowers over over the years. I, I look at your front row of Carl Heyman, Hicker Reed, and, uh, and and Steve McDowell. I'll start with the hooker first. Um, we, we all know how brilliant Sean Fitzpatrick was throughout his career. I think he played about 92 tests for the All Blacks. But you, you went with, with Hicker Reid, a very dynamic hooker. Well, I think you remember him well, don't we? I mean, I mean, oh. we, he was just exciting and fair. He was magnificent. Hicker was magnificent. But, and, and you'd have to, and, and maybe the most controversial selection in the team, but, but I, 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 I'd, I'd ask anyone to tell me who was a better hooker in the world at the time, at the time. I'm a huge Sean Fitzpatrick uh, fan too, of course. And so that's why I put off Fitzy as my deputy. But, uh, you know, me, I'll, I'll back the, uh, I'll back Hicker and I'll back that Maori front row because he he, he had flair. He had flair. And in my view, the first of the running hookers, uh, 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 Steve, you know, before <clears throat> before um, uh, guys like, like uh, Fitzpatrick and... Bruce Hemmerer and Dalton, you know, who are all great hookers. Hicker had, I never seen a hooker run like Hicker, and he could hook, and he could he could do it all. So, yeah. um, you know, who will ever forget forget Keith Quinn saying Hicker the hooker from Longataha oh. yeah, when he won that Test match for us in 1980? Yeah, Brisbane, but second for anybody who who's never seen that uh, uh, coverage, boy, just look it up on YouTube. Second Test in Ballymore, he started it and he finished it, and there was I think it went through about 14 sets of hands, was it, Willie? Something like that, Brisbane. Oh, fantastic! Okay. And Hicker was, uh, and he's a neat guy. I know Hicker, real neat guy, and uh, uh, and so I, I thought I'd put him in because I, I wanted, you know, I, I think if you look at the best All Black sides, you'll see a lot of people just pr- predictable. You know, they just put the same ones in. But I think guys like Hicker, if he had had more opportunity, could have proved himself to be the greatest hooker. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but everybody goes fitzy, but. You know, imagine if Hicker had got the, those opportunities. Hicker never helped himself by going on the Cavaliers tour, mm-hmm. as you know, in 85, 86. And, um, and a lot of those Cavaliers were, uh, uh, you know, things were held against him. And, uh, uh, yeah, and it didn't go to plan for Hicker, but he was magnificent. We'll, we'll get into the uh, we'll get into the loose head prop, but just before we do, we'll go back to Paul. There's a few questions uh, coming from Facebook. Well, I was just going to come from me. I mean, Kevin Mealamu. I mean, for his long longevity, at least he should be mentioned in the conversation, if not uh, if not picks. Oh, he's a great player, great player, Kevin Mealamu. No doubt about it. And I think uh, Mealamu, in many ways, almost a modern day type hicker, wasn't he, Steve? You know, oh. very similar style to Hickory's and. Uh, <clears throat> he'd be in my top three. He'd be in my yeah. top three, Kevin Mialamu. But again, they played so many games that they almost have a fair, unfair advantage over uh, guys like Hicker, who might have played 10 or 15 games for the All Blacks. Oh, Hicker Reid, definitely a scary proposition. I, I think he'd do really, really well in the modern game, as as would the next player that we talk, we're going to discuss, uh, Lucid Prop Steve McDowell. Only 105 kgs was his playing playing weight back in the day, Willie? When you sort of compare, compare him to the size of some of the uh, the props we see on the paddock these days, what a player he was! And he was everybody said he was the best in the world for a number of years. And I'm surprised the game that Stevie does, doesn't um, end up on, on, as one of the uh, um, you know the, he's not in the best uh, um, teams that many people select. Given he was always rated the best in the world, and. Uh, um, but the other side of it, there was always a few issues with McDowell off the off the field, Steve. So uh, uh, and um, 
and maybe that comes to play too, you know, when the people look at things. But he was a one sensational prop. And like Hicker from Bay of Plenty and run with the ball all day. And just finally, our, uh, our, our tight, just on those loose head props, I also think of, I also think of uh, somebody like Tony Woodcock as, as, as well. I mean, to say there was a time there he was probably the, you know, probably for a couple of seasons, probably the best loose head prop in the world. And we've probably seen the development of, of Joe Moody, but definitely not there. We go to the tight head side. You've decided to go with Carl Heyman, but if you think of some of the guys that we've had in recent times, Owen Franks, uh, Olo Brown comes to mind, uh, Willie, but you've decided to go with uh, with Carl Heyman. Well, he was the highest paid rugby player in the world, so he must have been pretty good, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. And the whole... Oops, Willie, we just... This guy, uh, uh, Steve. How good yeah. was he, you know? And ranked oh. as the, the, the best tight head in the world. So it's not like uh, we're talking about some... I think we forget how good he was. Like, retired from the All Blacks at 26. They so wanted him, didn't they? For that oh. 2011 World Cup, they, you know, they would have done anything to keep Heyman. But Heyman obviously went for his career and for his uh, for the money and good on him. But he was uh, uh, like a super strong prop. Uh, was he the best? Again, you know, I'm putting him in because he's, he's my preference. Was he better than Ollo? It's probably to toss a coin. But, you know, you've got some great all-black props, you know, and people talk to me about Keith Murdoch and uh, and uh, I, I talk about <clears throat> Ken Lambert and Bill Bush who are in the, in, in, in the reserves. You know, they, nobody remembers them, but those two Māori props uh, took it to the 1976 Springboks and, uh, you know, Lambert was a, was a phenomenon, you know. Bill Bush mm. would play both sides. Heyman was so strong, it wasn't f funny, and uh, um, that's why I went with him because I think that we forget how good he was, best in the world at 25, 26, highest paid rugby player in the world. There's not too many who would get the better of him. I acknowledge how good Olo Brown and others were, but Heyman was my preference. Well, if you're tuning in, you're listening to the hashtag Rugby Chat brought to you by New Zealand Sport Radio. You're listening to uh, Labour MP Willie Jackson. And uh, for a lot of people who are listening out there or even viewing, Willie back in the day was with uh, Urban Radio, Radio Watia back on the sports station back on the day. And he's got some absolutely fantastic rugby knowledge. And speaking of knowledge, on a Wednesday night at 8pm, do you know sport? If you want to put a team together, Paul will be your master of ceremonies for that uh, particular event every uh, Thursday night. But on Wednesday night, beg your pardon. But also look out for all our interviews on New Zealand sport radio as we're starting to uh, basically wind down and we thank Willie for his time this evening. I'll quickly go through that uh, reserve bench, Sean Fitzpatrick on the bench, Kent Lambert and Billy Bush, I can remember these two from South Africa, what a tough tour that was, the rest of your reserves Richie McCaw, Jerome, Jerome Kainor, Aaron Smith, Carlos Spencer and Brian Williams when I kind of look at, especially uh, from uh, from the loose forward out, Willie, plenty of impact would come off the bench from from uh, the players that you've named. Oh yeah, I think they're all great great players. Carlos would be great in terms of coming on as a sub. You know, BG. I think people forget could play centre wing fullback, right? Aaron Smith. Um, you got Jerome Kano. You know, Jerome being the best number six for the last <coughs> excuse me ten or fifteen years. Um, you know, he'd been magnificent number six. Richie McCaw had to be there. I don't think anybody would argue with it, um, other than um, maybe my selections of Ken Lambert and Bull Bush. But I, I, I don't think people remember how good those two were. Ken Lambert was an all-black at 19. 19, an all-black prop. 
unheard of uh, Steve and mm. and Bill Bush used to tell me how strong Kent Lambert was so and I'm a good you know I'm a good mate with old Billy I, he was the coach of the 92 Māori All Blacks uh, and so mm. I stayed mates with him through the years and quite a character and personality and uh, I think all around the squad is uh, you'd have to say it was the best squad you would have seen Steve uh, so far uh, and uh, probably you won't get as many Maoris in, 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 in uh, a squad as this one. My son said, you've shown a bias. So I said, you think so, son? <laughs> well, I think, oh your son on, I think your son on Facebook when I mentioned my team, and i gotta, I got to admit, I was just having a, a little bit of a, a pee take, if you know what I, uh, yeah, know yeah. What I mean. And uh, I know he came back and had a go at me and said, oh, who is this guy? But... Listen, just going through this whole squad this evening, you know, a lot of it actually does make sense historically because, you know, we, we think about what these really good players do do at a, at a historical stage and, and make us smile. And a lot of these players, you know, the, like, the likes of your Sid Goings, your Bucks, Shelfords, boy, they'll be well-remembered. Of course, Michael, Michael Jones, Willie. Just a, a quick question, though, Willie. Who would coach this team? Oh, see, I'm, I was a Laurie Mains fan. You see, uh, and I know most of these Aucklanders hated him. You know? Remember the times of Murray Deka, and Deka was always running Laurie Mains down, and uh, <clears throat> Mains this, Mains that, and his man was always Johnny Hart, John Hart, this, John Hart there. I, I like Mains, I like Mains' style, I like his guts, the way he got guys like Jonah up, he gave guys like <clears throat> Walter Little and Frank, Frank Bunce uh, opportunities, brought in guys like Jamie Joseph and Aaron Penny. Hey, you know, he, uh, he, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> um, God, I hope that's not a Willie, I was going to say, been, I was going to say, Willie, have you been tested, mate? Just out of interest? <laughs> no, I haven't actually, but I've been pretty healthy till today. For some reason, I'm getting a bit tired. But, but you know, I think Mains, going back to Laurie Mains, was a fabulous coach. And I think what he did with the 95 All Blacks, Steve, we should always remember what he did with the 95 All Blacks because he changed the game where it was an all-out attack game, right? Nobody turned, turned the all-black team around like him. They would have won the 95 World Cup if some mongrel hadn't have poisoned them. Okay, we, we, we know it wasn't uh, someone from the South African side, but let's get real. They were sick. They were crook. They were poisoned. There's no doubt about that. Okay, and as a consequence, we had a South African team that won, who were a good team, uh, but let's get real here. They were in a patch on the All Blacks. The All Blacks cleaned them up the, the next year. And, you know, I, I think about South Africa, Steve, so, and I'll just chuck this out for anyone who's listening. Oh, it's probably a little bit controversial, but really, <laughs> South Africa probably shouldn't have won one World Cup. <laughs> you, you, you ever think about this, Steve? 96, they won it because our boys got poisoned. The French, they had them in the semi-final, remember that? And yep, there was a yep. try that the French got that the referee didn't award. Then, in, then, they, then our boys get poisoned and they win the World Cup. Uh, 96, we cleaned them up. 97, we cleaned them up. Let's go to 2007, Steve. They beat Fiji and Argentina in the quarterfinals and semifinals, uh, and, and, they, and, they, and we get thrown out because we get a dirty, rotten English ref, right? <laughs> we know that the All Blacks would have beat them in 27. And in 2019, we beat them in the, in the we beat the box and they won the World Cup. Really? And I'm serious here. The box shouldn't have won one World Cup. <laughs> I'm just going to say, Willie, Paul's having heart palpitations, <laughs> and uh, and and we've got a South African correspondent, correspondent John O'Connor. If he's li listening, he's probably just fallen fallen off his chair. Um, <laughs> hey, I've heard that, John O'Connor. I think yeah. it's terrific. 
David he's, Durham, John. He's to, I think John O'Connor's to him. But John, look into your soul and have a think about this. South <laughs> Africa should not have won one World Cup. But because here's the, here's the reality. Here's the reality. In 2000, look, look they, don't get me wrong, they were brilliant in the final against England. But we beat them. We were, we were, now the boxer keeps saying, we're the better team, we're the better team. They're not the better team. We'll beat them again nine times out of ten over the next couple of years. We did that in 2007. Remember in 2008, we beat them 19-0 in the very next, the so-called world champions who beat in Fiji and Argentina in the quarters and the semis. Look, Doug, I, I love um, the way the South Africans approach things, but I think it's a travesty they've got three world cups. Uh, they should actually have none. And, and, and I don't think... No, I don't think they deserve one. If 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 I if I want if I'm being frank about this, because uh, um, uh, well, are, are you trying to tell me they were better than the All Blacks in 2019, Steve? We beat them, and in '94, no, but I, I also want to say this: I was glad they won it. I, I was broken yeah. the All Blacks lost in '95, <laughs> but I was glad for South Africa that they won, Steve because it was great for the nation. I was there in 1994, uh, Steve, with the Māori All Blacks, <clears throat> the first Māori All Black team that went to South Africa, and I was a reporter for the Māori All Blacks in 94 and covered that uh, uh, um, tour. And, and, I, and I, loved, uh, you know, I loved being in South Africa. My grandfather played against them in 1937. But 95, the All Blacks were the better team. You know that, Steve. Our mate Mr O'Connor knows that. The South Africans know that. They'll never admit that. They'll say we're bad sports. They'll say we made it all up. They'll say that their team was the better team on the day. Blah, 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 blah. You know, I know, in their hearts, we were better. And they um, they were very lucky to win that World Cup. So and I thought I'd just drop that in before the end, Steve. Oh, yeah, no, please. Well, absolutely, absolutely bless you. But I, I see Paul. Paul's just itching to come off the long run as well. Go for it, Paul. No, that's what I was saying. Look, once John O'Connor gets his, uh, gets his connectivity um, sorted out, we'll have to get the two of you on a show uh, to, to discuss these, uh, the intricacies of your uh, of the points you've been making so far. Um, you're throwing in Laurie Mains, but uh, come on, we should mention some of the other great All Blacks coaches as well. Uh, they'd obviously. Um, Graham Henry, Steve Hansen, and these sort of people have also gone and got themselves uh, rugby world cups, and, and, and shouldn't be left off. Should, should at least get mentioned, if not, uh, if, even if they don't get picked. Um, I, I, I've always rated Graham Henry as a great, a superb coach. Um, I remember John Graham, Steve. I met John Graham through when I was a union organizer. <clears throat> John Graham, who was the great principal from Auckland Grammar, told me many years ago that Henry was the best coach he ever was. So. Uh, Henry's obviously up there, and Steve Hansen's obviously <coughs> up there. <coughs> it's hard to to judge, though, eh? because, um, you, you know, how do you judge a great coach? That, that, he, that's the point. You know, when, when you get given a team. So Mike King is, you know, Mike King, the comedian, he's a great mm. mate of mine. Him and I uh, did a bit of radio together. And Mike and I used to, in fact, we're just good mates, and we both think we know more about rugby than anyone in the world, <laughs> apart from Steve Harris. And... Uh, uh, um, Mike and I always thought we could coach the All Blacks ourselves, you know, because uh, um, let's be real, get real, the All Blacks coach themselves, right? You know, so, so uh, you know, as much as we hate Stephen Jones, Stephen Jones is right. He'd say my grandmother could coach those All Blacks. That's how good they were. So how do you judge a great coach? Well, you judge a great coach when they can bring an average team through, like Laurie Mainston. 
like Eddie Jones did, you know, as much as we can't mm. stand Eddie Jones at times, you know, what a coach he is, you know, to bring that useless lot from England and get them, set them up and to break, and to break us in that, se- in that semi-final, broke our hearts, didn't it? Broke our hearts. And uh, Eddie Jones, a sensational coach. And here's the other thing, boys. He did it with Japan. You know, he did it with Japan, and Japan beat the Springboks. So don't tell me great South African team who lost to the Springboks, who lost to the Japanese, who lost to Italy, who lost to Scotland, who lost to just about everyone, that all of a sudden they're the greatest team in the world. They're not. It's about consistency. We know that. I, we all know that. It was a luck of the draw. That's why they became world champions. But 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 I'll, I'll say that their coach is a very, very good coach, no doubt about that. But guys like Eddie Jones are, are great coaches. Warren Gatlin's a great coach. Stevie Henson's a great coach. But it's really hard to, to get a gauge on, on them because let's just remember, Stevie Henson coached Wales and he didn't go too well. He didn't go too well. But Eddie Jones, he's uh, he's coached them all, and that's why I, I, I'll have him up there. And in terms of the, the best New Zealand coaches coming through, you can't really go uh, much past a guy like um, uh, Jamie Joseph, Steve. You know oh. who, uh, you know, look what he did with Japan. So it's a it's a tough one there. See the old what what happens here, mate, is the obvious one falls out. Steve Henson, but Steve inherited a lot of. Um, he inherited a lot, like John Hart did in 1960. He inherited that team from Laurie Maines, and in 1960, All Blacks were out of this world, weren't they? Oh, yeah. very much so. Sometimes it's about the resources that you've got, Willie. You've probably seen a, a lot of coaches in there. <coughs> club, club level, they, they don't have the same sort of resources. I've got to say, in recent times, um, the likes of Steve Hansen, my only real criticism, and it was one of the reasons why we, we actually got what I want tonight, he was going to talk a little bit about uh, an article that he written a couple of years back about the amount of resources that the top level of the game was taking in. And sometimes the measure of a coach is the guy who's got limited resources that's and, right. he can turn, and he can turn a team around. You know? That's right. Well, that's good. I mean, I'm, now Watto's right. I'm really pleased, though, that Watto didn't come on tonight because it gave me more room and to, 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 to talk. And I don't often get a chance to put my rugby opinions out there. I've tried to tell Grant Robinson to give me the sports minister's job, but he said, go jump in the lake. And uh, uh, and I said, well, let's have a quiz, uh, Grant. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, you know, I love to rant and rave, and uh, as, as you've heard for the last 45 or 50 minutes or whatever it is. Um, and uh, and it was good not actually having Watto on tonight. But uh, that's, why, that's one point uh, where he's right. That is how you judge. Uh, a, a great coach, you know. What can you do with a, a, a team that doesn't have it? Graham Henry showed his stuff with Wales there for a while, didn't he, mm. Steve? He turned oh. them around. I mean, heck, they, remember, South Africa put 95 points on them, and then Henry Henry turned their team around and had them beat South Africa. That's a great coach. Now, Willie, we're just starting to wind down just a few minutes to go here on the hash Rugby uh, chat this evening brought to you by New Zealand Sport Radio. But I'll just head back to Paul just to see if we've got any other comments. But on those comments, make sure you like our page. And if you've got questions, even after the show show's finished, you can check it out also on podcast as well, Paul. That's right, yeah. You can also, we're on Spotify and uh, all those sort of places for your podcast. You prefer to listen rather than watch. Um, but yes, John Hart gets a shout out. This is Graham Henry in the live chat there. Um, some... Uh, uh, some 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 yeah some some worries about your health, um, Willie. Let's hope you uh, you don't have COVID and you are you you stay healthy, um, and uh, yeah, just generally agreeing with most of the, most of the other comments we've had so far. 
That's fantastic. Some really good good feedback. Well, Willie, I think we'll, uh, as as the officials do, I think we'll call time once again. Want to really, really thank you for your time this evening, boy. Go and get that that cough sorted out. Um, so much happening in and around government at the moment, and uh, I've got I've pretty much got to come off the fence. Really proud of the the way our government and especially our leader is conducting herself at the, at this time. Probably not the platform for it, but I'm going to say it anyway. Thank you very much, mate. I better get a ride. I'm on with that mongrel Duncan Gardner in the morning on the AM show. They bring the cameras to the gate, so I better. Uh, I can't talk. I can't talk rugby. You know me, old mate Duncan. Uh, although he he knows his rugby too, old Duncan. So uh, um, uh, yeah, no, I, I better I better get myself right. But thank you, and I'm glad you two both agree with me in terms of my views over South Africa. Uh, should never have won any World Cups. Thank you for your support and your agreement. And don't be gutless, Wanders. Just front up, all right? Don't worry about John O'Connor, all right? Yeah. The South Africans will hate us, but who cares? You know, it's, uh, it's just the view. And, uh, and if you look at the facts, the reality is they were lucky to win. They shouldn't have won any of them. Anyway, thanks, boys. <laughs> not a, not <laughs> a problem, Willie. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a privilege and a pleasure, and we do apologise we weren't able to have Mark on, but we we're going to invite him back because we'll let we'll let him go off the the long run, do what he has to do. Now, just make sure you you like the page and keep answering the questions. Ask some more questions on uh, face Facebook on uh, New Zealand Sports Radio, and look out for our sports brief at eight a.m tomorrow morning and that's pretty much it from us this evening i hope you enjoyed it please stay safe out there and stay home thank you mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans under Written by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.